Second Chronicles 17. Jehoshaphat his son reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. He placed forces in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. Yahweh was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and didn't seek the Baals. But he sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not in the ways of Israel. Therefore Yahweh established the kingdom in his hand. All Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat and he had riches and honor in abundance. His heart was lifted up in the ways of Yahweh. Furthermore, he took away the high places and the Asherah poles out of Judah. Also in the third year of his reign, he sent his princes, even Bedhael, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nethanel, and Micaiah to teach in the cities of Judah. And with them, the Levites, even Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Azahel, Shemiramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, Tobadonijah, that's a good one, the Levites, and with them Elishama and Jehoram the priests. They taught in Judah, having the book of Yahweh's law with them. They went about throughout all the cities of Judah and taught among the people. The fear of Yahweh fell on all the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah, so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents and silver for tribute. The Arabians also brought him flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 male goats. Jehoshaphat grew great exceedingly, and he built fortresses and store cities in Judah. He had many works in the cities of Judah, and men of war, mighty men of valor in Jerusalem. This was the numbering of them according to their father's houses. From Judah, the captains of thousands, Adna, the captain, and with him 300,000 mighty men of valor, and next to him, Jehohanan, the captain, and with him 280,000. And next to him, Amasiah, the son of Zikri, who willingly offered himself to Yahweh, and with him 200,000 mighty men of valor. From Benjamin, Eliada, a mighty man of valor, and with him 200,000 armed with bow and shield. And next to him, Jehozabad, and with him 180,000 ready and prepared for war. These were those who waited on the king, in addition to those whom the king put in the fortified cities throughout all of Judah. So we've been talking about the king Asa. We covered him for three chapters, and now Jehoshaphat, who is one of the great kings of Judah. Now Jehoshaphat, he, he does something really, really unusual in this chapter, which you do not find in hardly any places in the Old Testament. Um, and in fact, if you, if you think about it carefully, and I'm about to tell you what it is, you hardly find any examples of it in the entire history of the world. Now, what Jehoshaphat does is when he becomes king, he gets the princes of Judah. Now, um, the princes of Judah, that's kind of like the key leaders of the, the nation or the elders of the nation. So there's the king, you know, he's the main elder. But then you've kind of got like family groups or whatever, and you've got kind of like the, the main leader of each of these family groups, and they're the princes of Judah. And he sends them all the way through the nation to teach and preach the Lord's ways. So what we've got here is a planned preaching strategy to go through the whole nation. Now this is unusual. You might say, oh, preaching's not all that unusual. 
What's unusual is that this is something that comes from the top down, comes from a king, comes from a head of a political situation who decides everyone in my country needs to know about the Lord. So I'm going to round up teachers and preachers and I'm going to have a system and I'm going to send them through the whole land to teach everybody. Now, can you think of any examples of that anywhere? <laughs> can you think of any country where the government has said, we want everyone in our country to know about the Lord, so we're getting preachers together and we're getting a system and we're going to teach everybody. I, don't, I can't think of any. I can think of preachers that went out like you know, St. Patrick and he evangelized the whole you know, island of Ireland. You know, but that wasn't a governmental decision. I think this is pretty unique. And um, like I've said before, the Book of Chronicles, it, it's history, but it's, also, it's mostly shared for a reason of learning a lesson, a theological lesson, a lesson about the Lord. So it gives us this example of how Jehoshaphat, you know, has this strategy to teach the people about the Lord. And then right after that, it says, the fear of the Lord fell upon all the nations around. And it says that they, the nations started sending tribute. The Philistines sent tribute the Arabians sent tribute. So you've got nations around that are sending money to Judah because they're afraid of, of this nation. And the last time we saw this in such a big, strong way was during the, ways, the days of David and Solomon. And David established the nation militarily, but he also established it in faith in the Lord's ways. And the fear of the Lord was on the nations all around and Solomon preserved it. But now we see it again, but it didn't come about in this story through military means, it came about through preaching, through establishing the Lord's ways. And the lesson is the same for us. You know, when we put the Lord in place properly and we determine, I'm going to do what the Lord wants, we're going to remove the evil in the high places like the father of Jehoshaphat did, Asa, but then we're going to teach, we're going to make sure that the truth is correct. The Lord, the Lord establishes himself in you and in your life. So if you seek the Lord first, if you put him first, he will strengthen your hands. And that's exactly what has happened here in this chapter. This is one of the, a very, very few examples in the history of the world where it's the national policy of a nation to teach people the ways of Christ. I think it's very, very cool. And it's something worth praying for. We should pray that, that we have more nations in the world, more and more nations which see the value of learning the ways. Imagine a country that said, we're going to make this a part of our national school curriculum to learn about Christ. Imagine if they said it's a part of every university education, <laughs> that there were subjects where you had to learn about the Lord. Well, that would be super cool. It doesn't mean everyone has to believe it, but you know, the, the, that type of thing would change a nation forever. What we've got reported here is, is probably what happened over many years, but it's reported in just one chapter. But it's very inspiring and something to, we should be praying toward. We should be praying for our nation to become more and more godly, like the example we see in this chapter. So when you have your prayer time, don't just pray for your own needs. Pray for the nation that you're in, that the gospel would have more and more of effect so that people are being taught about the Lord and even that is endorsed by government. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that right now in Australia, we do have the support for RI in schools, even though it's kind of an extracurricular activity. But Lord, I pray that you would open the doors for more and more of the Lord's word and the Lord's message to get into the hearts of people. And I thank you, Lord, for Jehoshaphat and his, his determination to serve you. And I pray that such a determination would be in our hearts as well. Your grace would be upon us. Lord, help fathers and mothers to teach their children 
Lord, help, help uh, people in positions of responsibility to see it as their job to inform others about Christ. Lord, let the grace be given to us. It was on Josiah in Jesus, uh, not Josiah, Jehoshaphat, in the name of Jesus. Amen.